You are listening to the Success Leaves Clues podcast, where we're having conversations with regular people doing outstanding and legacy changing things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. If you're looking for the blueprint to help you make less mistakes on your journey to freedom and ultimate purpose, then this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Dr. K. Hey, so welcome to another episode. I have with me today, Ashley Wynn Grimes. Look, we're, we're venturing into a space that we haven't touched before, and I'm intrigued. She is the owner of Cannabis Nursing Solutions. Um, you are an RN, correct? Yes, I am. Um, so that's amazing. I want to know how, of course, that ties in, um, how cannabis ties in with the medical field. But um, we're, we're going to touch on uh, your journey and everything and you're renowned. I've seen you all over the place. Um, you had a featured article in High Times. I've been a subscriber of High Times since I was in high school. So <laughs> one of my favorite, uh, you know, pieces of literature. All right. I, all right. So you've done your research. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, thank you so much. I appreciate the introduction. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Oh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Yeah. So... Start out with telling me how, how you got into nursing. What even brought you into nursing outside of even uh, cannabinoids or cannabis, anything in that field, just nursing itself? What, what brought you there? Yeah, so that's like my entire career. I've been okay. a nurse for 14 years. So straight out of high school, went to college, became a nurse. Um, and early on in my career, I loved it. Like it was the best thing since sliced bread. I wanted mm. to take care of people and I did. Um, at some point I kind of got bored and I had experienced a lot of things, um, you know, and eventually made it up to corporate in a large 14 hospital system. So from bedside nurse to handing and handing out medications all the way up to six figure corporate America, where, you know, essentially I was building out programs and projects to implement throughout the hospital. Um, I've gone through things from bullying, retaliation, um, like the list goes on. So by the time when I got you say to, bullying, are you talking about you dealt with bullying yourself or you were helping corporate America deal with bullying in the, no, in the I was bullied myself. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and not in the like school girl way, but right. in a cultural resistance kind of way, right? Like in the hospital that I worked in, there was this one idea of what they felt um, nursing the nursing profession look like. So it's this like clinical, you know, how well do you insert a Foley? Can you insert it the best way kind of thing? And then there was my way where there's a broad spectrum of approaches to how we impact healthcare. And so for me, education has always been on the forefront of how I interact with health, health and wellness. So, you know, I, after a while, I wasn't at the bedside anymore. I wasn't taking care of patients. I was doing other things. So as I was going through that transition, I, I met a lot of people who just didn't appreciate that 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 perspective. So they decided they wanted to do everything they could to make things difficult for me. 
Yeah, I, I know. How, how did you get through that adversity? Because you, you have a passion, at least at that time, for the medical field. You're trying to advance, and then you got people that are constantly putting obstacles in your way, honestly, for no apparent reason. Yeah, that, that's my life. That's how life has been. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just straight up, like, that's everything that I am. Like, I always show up in a space where I don't necessarily believe what everybody else believes in. Mm. And when I say, and I don't realize how different it is until I start saying it. And then, you know, I, I meet that type of resistance. But in that particular situation, um, I didn't stay there long. I only worked there for eight, eight months. Okay. I said, I'm not dealing with this after I got um, blasted on, you know, how you do those email chains and you yep. ask, you see, you see them people and you uh -huh. see the people. <laughs> That's what happened. I said, uh, uh we're not doing this. We're yeah. not playing this game. Um, so I immediately started looking for something else to do. Um, and that was actually when I transitioned into that corporate position uh, that was just way better, you know, a way better job description, a way better job title. Let me put it that way. Okay. Right. <laughs> and, and are you still there? Are you still doing that? No, I quit. quit? <laughs> so, yes, um, ended up in a retaliation situation at that job. Um, mm -hmm. So I was a victim of cyber theft. I had mm -hmm. my down payment for my house stolen from me. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize how like invasive that is and what it can mm -hmm. do to you psychologically. Yeah. And I didn't even realize it even when I was going through it. But, you know, now looking back, I know that I was going through anxiety, some post-traumatic stress. Uh, I had insomnia terribly, you know. So when I would come to work after that experience, you know, I wasn't performing as well. I can see that now. Um, but ultimately, it was a, an effect of the event that happened. And so I end up, ended up going on FMLA, yeah. took my time off, tried to reset my sleep patterns, trying to just decompress, get myself together. And when I came back, the goals were still the same. The expectations were still the same. Dates that were you know, um, targeted before my FMLA were still sitting there lingering, waiting for me to come back. Oh. And I was still expected to hit those targets. To the point where my boss sat me down and he was like, yeah, we don't think you're performing like you used to. I'm not sure if this job is a good fit for you anymore. Wow, that's crazy. So they didn't extend or shift anything to the right because you were out for medical mm -mm. purposes. No. Yeah, that's, that's rough. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the choices ended up being... Um, either get on a performance improvement plan mm -hmm. or to take another job. And the only other job that was available in like kind of my area was um, half my salary. It wasn't even full time. So I ended up taking that position, which actually was a blessing in disguise for a lot of reasons, okay. but mostly because of my boss at the time. So I was very distrustful of healthcare in general. I was very much constricted and contracted in a way where I wasn't receiving no nobody could talk to me nobody you couldn't do nothing where you would get in an emotional response period like you I wasn't dealing with none of it totally yeah. shut inside yeah. myself and my boss and like to the point where I would tell my boss she would come and do my you know evaluations she'd be like yeah so what are your goals I have none make some up please <laughs> like that's that's literally how that conversation would but, go <laughs> but did you really have goals or you didn't want to share them like were you in a space I didn't want to share them okay mm -mm. Nope, I didn't want to integrate who I was with this role. Gotcha. 
I didn't want no type of like, because, you know, when you take a job, that role becomes who you are. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways. And if you don't have very clear boundaries and I had very, very strict and stringent and unhealthy boundaries in how I was operating in that role, because like I just didn't want any chance that like another role could like hurt my feelings, essentially. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing these things. I'm aspiring. I'm achieving. I'm trying to do and do and do and do. And when I would get there, it'd be like, oh, Mm-mm. Mm. No, they keep moving. No. They keep moving the goalpost, the finish line, right? Yeah, so you're running this race, and every time you're getting close, they it's change like, the nope. rules on you. Yeah, yeah, like nope, sis, nope. <laughs> yeah, that's corporate. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, but you, yeah, yeah, you, you got to be a really caring person. You talked about how you um, actually did care for a lot of people, and you know, doing your bedside manners and all of this stuff as a nurse. What was childhood like that that made you caring? Is somebody in your family also in healthcare, or is that no? Everything everything that I've done is very new to what my family trajectory has been. Okay, um, but I've always been like childhood wise, I've always been pretty compassionate. I've always had a a thing for I love 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 children. I love witnessing the evolution of little people into becoming who they are. I've been like that since I was even young. Yeah. Um, and so actually I didn't want to be a nurse. I wanted to be a teacher. So, but you know that. how they t- yeah. teachers don't make enough money, <laughs> you know? So I thought the best alternative was to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a pediatrician, but through my ignorance, cause nobody was around to talk to me, they, I decided to be a nurse and thought I was going to transition into being a pediatrician. Oh, well, that's not gosh. how that works. Maybe a nurse practitioner, but not a, not a pediatrician. And I thought about that um, after the fact, because again, I didn't know even know what the roles were. Like, I didn't know you could be a nurse practitioner. I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Like, I just knew I wanted to care for people. I just knew that, you know, I wanted, and I still feel this way. I always want my work to not be painful. I want it to be something that I truly love doing. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't feel good, I don't want to do it. I got fired from McDonald's. Hey. <laughs> I said, <laughs> not doing this. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, your time is short. Life is short. And if you wake up one day and realize that you're in the wrong place or this isn't for you, I think it's time to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you took that position and you said it was a blessing in disguise. So how, how did that turn mm-hmm. out to be a blessing for you? Well, my boss was um, absolutely very compassionate about what I went through. Um, and she just kind of, as long as I did my work, she just let me be. She mm-hmm. let me, you know, like just kind of grow how I was growing on my own independent. Like it was no interference from her. Um, and even the work that I was doing, it was data and quality management and and at this point, I had already started um, like research in the cannabis field, started my on my days off. I was doing my training course as like my side hustle and things like that. And because my work was to literally read through charts all the time, mm-hmm. I got a really good inside look and a good respect for like the way the hospital works. So my when I was going through my career, I always had a very laser focused perspective where my role was my role and I only did that and I didn't really see what was going on around me. 
And then when I got to this 14 hospital corporate position, I saw it really, really big. Like the scope was so wide mm-hmm. that I didn't even see people anymore in the way that like I saw healthcare. So when I was able to put both of those perspectives together and then go back into the hospital, I can now see everything up and down and all the way through. Got it. Yep. So, yes. So it really just kind of opened my eyes to some of the, um, I'll say beauty. I don't know why that's repeating, but the beauty that was, that is the intricacy of the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And then also some of the pain that I experienced so the other like parallel was that that last job was actually a job that I've at a hospital that I'd worked in for the third time. And every time I worked in that hospital, it was when I was in a period of transition. Mm. So the first time I was a nurse technician, I was becoming a nurse. I was transitioning into the role of a nurse. Yeah. The second time was when I was getting my master's degree. So while I was working in my master's degree program, I picked up shifts there to help pay for for my degree. And then this third time was when I was transitioning into my entrepreneurial role. So it was very like- Did you notice that then? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, at this point, I've done so much introspection Mm -hmm. about like just kind of where I've been and what I'm doing. And I see the patterns now. So, you know, and even when I'm going through the difficult phases, like as an entrepreneur, I still see the patterns and I'm very, very in tune with it. And it doesn't take me years to look back. It's like hours to look back, you know, or a day to look back. It's not this whole big, you know, terrible decision. I can course correct in real time because I've spent so much time analyzing what my experience has been. That's a great skill set to have, to be able to do self-reflection. There's people who never look back over their life and they keep repeating the same mistakes and the same mistakes. And now you're able to analyze the space that you're in, the mistakes you're making and help you, you know, propel your career or your business a lot, a lot faster. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I can feel when things are shifting, I can feel, I mean, it's crazy. So um, every phase of, the business journey is hard. <laughs> so, um, you know, you're right. It is an asset to be able to know when to sit back and to pay attention and to take note and settle and all these kind of things. So, yeah. So you, you get through this transition period and you become an entrepreneur. Did you leave that job or did you kind of work, build your business as you're still, you know, in that same space? How did that work out? Um, so I was doing both simultaneously Mm -hmm. at one point and then I just was tired of going. So I just quit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I was like, I've had enough. (laughs) So yes, that's what happened. I just quit. So it's been a year since I've quit my last hospital. Congratulations. When I think about this, anytime somebody, you know, steps out on faith or they, they become an entrepreneur. A lot of the fear for most people becoming an entrepreneur or, you know, going full time in their business is the income. Was was that Mm -hmm. a struggle for you or how did you get through that part? So, okay. So after I lost that money through the cyber theft, I said, let's go balls to the wall 
we're going to figure out how to get some real estate prop, real estate property. Uh-huh. Right. So I invested in, um, I was, I managed to figure out how to keep the house we were living in, move into the house that we're, we bought. And then I also managed to get some real estate as an investment. So we had renters in two of the mm-hmm. houses at one point and you know, everything was inflated last yeah. year. So I was able to take them that money from those houses. I sold them. And then I used that as income temporarily. Wow, What a move. So yeah. but you, you took, um, what, what about the transition before that? So you had the job when this cyber theft happened, you had, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, you had the corporate position, you're making a lot of money and you took a pay cut for mm-hmm. about half of your salary. What, what was the impact like that yeah. for that on your family? That was tough. Yeah, that was tough. Um, but I ended up being kind of resourceful mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, um, using credit to my advantage. Um, we cut back a lot. Yeah, we like it, it was. And just we just cut back yeah. a lot, to be honest with you, my car was already paid off, like I'd already done a lot of things mm-hmm. to consolidate in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, it was, it was financially, it was a tough time, but we managed to figure it out. I, like I said, I was doing the training course on the side. Yeah. What's um, the training course so on? that helped out a lot. Uh, cannabis medicine for nurses. Okay. So is that the, so is that teaching the business them about, or is the business something separate, but you also teach? No, that is the business. I help nurses leverage their stories to monetize personal brands using cannabis as their unique selling proposition. <laughs> I like that you I like that you got it together. I want to unpack that because 90% of that went over my head. <laughs> so, all right, okay. so, so you're, you're teaching nurses um, how to take their experience and their stories. Is that is that what it is? And, mm-hmm. and then what do they transition yes. that into? So they can either consult with different brands. So, okay, let's back up a little bit. So cannabis is medicine, period, Mm -hmm. right? That's the end of that sentence. Um, And a lot of people don't, (laughs) a lot of people don't know that and they don't realize Mm -hmm. that. A lot of people, um, we grew up in an era with the war on drugs. A lot of people have gone to jail behind the idea of cannabis. And the narrative has been, this is your brain on drugs. And we're talking about a plant that can actually save lives. Um, so what needs to happen in healthcare is there needs to be some acknowledgement of this fact. There are patients that currently consume that the plant, the interaction of that medicine is not good yeah. for them. Um, they're consuming in a way that is likely unhealthy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Um, and unintentional. And there needs to be some guidance in respect to how we're achieving wellness with the use and the consumption of this plant. And then in addition to that, uh, cannabis as a whole, there are some safety considerations that go into it. So has your plant been, uh, I don't know, mixed with fentanyl? Mm. Has 
does it have pesticides in it? Yeah. Right. So there's a very severe impact in not acknowledging the plant. But the reason why is because it's a schedule one substance. Right. So hospitals don't want to acknowledge cannabis as medicine. With that being said, there's a huge learning curve in the way that we operate as a profession. Mm-hmm. Um, there mm-hmm. is a lot of opportunity for nurses to be able to intersect their knowledge of the body, of the of um, disease process, and then their expertise in the specialty that they've chosen in regard to cannabis as medicine. They can be an asset to dispensaries. They can be an asset to patients. They can be an asset to hospitals and then to other nurses as well. Okay. So how how can they be an asset to the hospitals if the hospitals are reserved about cannabis in general? Because they don't know it yet. (laughs) They don't know it yet. They're not ready, but it's okay because we hear when they are. And the questions are still there. They're being asked. It's just that it's getting swept mm-hmm. under the rug. So remember, I have a really a bird's eye view and a very uh, targeted view of what healthcare mm-hmm. looks like. So it comes up from a patient's point of view all the time. Patients come in, they might try and consume on hospital grounds. But the first thing you want to do is kick them out. Why would you kick out a paying client? Y'all losing money off of this, off of something y'all are unaware about. They need they need us. These nurses, they are sick. Mm. Nurses can be patients too. Mm. So what y'all going to do? We got a nursing yeah. shortage. Where these nurses, y'all kick, there's a bunch of nurses sitting out here, not well, using cannabis as medicine, but because you want to demonize cannabis plant, you're missing out on bodies that could be taking care oh. of patients. They yeah. need us. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so um, th- does it depend... A lot on the state that you're in, if this is going to be something that, um, you know, can be trained and educated well, or can it work in all 50? Um, um, wait, I'm not sure I understood the question. Right, so, so you're training nurses to help, you know, um, educate hospitals and things like that with cannabis. Mm-hmm. Can that work in all 50 states or does it work better in some states who have maybe already adopted a decrim or at least a medical use of marijuana. There's room for evolution in all 50 states. There, there is definitely some um, inconsistencies in our cannabis programs. If you have a med program, it's broken. If you have a rec program it's broken, Um, there's a lot of like, this is a new baby. This industry is in its infancy we're transitioning out of the prohibition actively as we speak. So what it looks like today, I can almost guarantee you 10, 20 years from now, it will not look like that right. now. Um, so at the end of the day, there is, when I say there's opportunity, there is so much opportunity to create something, some type of product, some sort of thing. You know, I went into the hair store. They got these things for the girls with the yeah. edges now where you just put it around this part where the edges are. I'm like, what? Just to lay down that. Like, it's so, like, <laughs> just, just, the, it's one, it's an edge scarf. It's not just a scarf because I'm, I'm familiar with this. It's just the yeah. edge scarf because I got lots. So I usually don't have to uh-huh. do all of that. But I was like, you know what? Like, it just took one person 
to make this one small change is something that already exists and is making millions. So why are we not seeing the opportunities that exist in this industry that barely has any structure in it as it is today? Yeah, you're right. It's it's growing. It's a lot of opportunity. I was telling you about um, what your with your interview and your appearance with High Times, right? And so if, if we take just that mm -hmm. magazine, I've been reading High Times since I was probably in middle school, high school. And if you look at when that magazine was taboo, really to even, you know, have, like you would hide that magazine, you know, sneak it, you know, with your friends or whatever, because, yeah. um, you know, in the 90s, cannabis was, you know, like you said, it's schedule one, but it was, you know, really taboo where now it's kind of, you know, not that big yeah. a deal, but just the evolution, you see like how that magazine can be, you know, open and, you know, something to be read and celebrated. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's my perspective on it. So anyway, I help people get on the front end of okay. all of that. Help all nurses. Right. Yes. And what does that look like for the nurses? So, um, Just, I'm talking ahead. about kind of their, their process. So, um, they're a nurse, they find you and then kind of what's their, their, their journey through your, uh, curriculum to their end result. So first they need to know about cannabis, like the science behind cannabis, their roles and responsibilities. So we teach them that okay. that's the first step. The second step is unpacking their, um, their story, you know, getting to the core of what their brand is who they're, um, who they want to be envision themselves. So one of the things that I have found for a lot of nurses is that, you know, we're not okay. We've been through a lot through the pandemic. Um, we see things regularly, like there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of, um, depression. We have terrible sleeps. Like we have all of these, like just kind of soft conditions that aren't really acknowledged and, but they impact us greatly in just the quality of our lives. Um, back pain is severe. Um, knee knee pain is severe for us because we're on our feet all the time. Um, like just it's just all of these things that tend to trend in the way that we operate. Our sleep patterns are totally off because we do shift work. Some of us work night shift. Um, the trauma that comes with seeing death regularly, you know. So with that being said, a lot of times when people come to me about cannabis is likely because cannabis has impacted their own lives and the the depth of which their experiences have gone you know you could probably say oh man you know poor ashley or whatever but there are some nurses who have gone through way bigger trauma right. than i have in a way yeah. where it's it's been life and death in a way that like, I don't even know how on a day-to-day -day basis they're able to care for patients because they've been harboring, you know, aspects of who they are away so they can care for not only their patients, but their families, but their, you know, loved ones, you know, all of their loved ones. Um, because we generally tend to have this, like, I have to take care of everybody type yeah. of personality. So anyway, um, when they come to me, it really is about digging deep into identifying and integrating who you are with who you want to be in order to um, show up authentically for the people that you want to serve. Okay. And, and then so they get through uh, your program and then what are they going on to do? They're going on to start their own businesses. So one young lady has a... Uh, um, uh, what is it called? Like a, uh, 
I want to say a, a mom and pop shop. She has a mom and pop shop and she has CBD products in her mom and pop shop. CBD is legal in all 50 states. She understands her, her the laws in her, her state very well and essentially is going on to eventually start her own podcast or eventually, you know, do pop-up shops, actually pop-up shops for her community and things like that. So, you know, being able to help guide and direct them to the things that they're already trying to do right now is just integrating and weaving them to overcome that stigma because a lot like for her for example she has her pop-up shop but she wouldn't really talk about cannabis like that like she knew she wanted to but there was this fear of it but if you understand your purpose and your why clearly that fear doesn't have to exist you can talk about it and you can integrate in everything you're already doing okay and when we're talking about cannabis are are we talking about the full spectrum or we only we're talking about like in a medicinal sense only CBD? Um, my perspective is that the whole, okay. it's the whole plant. So CBD actually mm. is a cannabinoid, like similar to THC. They're both cannabinoids. We like to say CBD is a good one. THC is a bad one. They all come from the same plant. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like, how are we going to separate? Um, so I, I guess they have, they have different functions, different uses. But if it's medicinal, I guess it depends on your ailment or what you're dealing with on what you need to receive from that plant, right? For healing. Intention. Intention. Yes. Yes. That I think that is the difference. Am I am I in a habit loop and I'm just consuming it for consumption purposes or do I want to have fun? I would consider that wreck. Mm. Am I using it because I have this problem and I want to fix it? I want to address it and I want to achieve healing and wellness. That's what I call medical, but it's the same thing. You put it, you inhale it, you put it in your mouth, you put it under your tongue. It's all the same thing. That's all like, you know, construct. I don't. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. So it's, it's all the same. And so is is it always going to be the case where, um, the nurse is looking to leave their current position in the healthcare field and transition into something that has to do more so with cannabis, or is there a way that they can bridge and, you know, and do both? Yeah. I, I don't think okay. it has to, um, because the way that I have it set up is intended to be applicable at the bedside. Mm-hmm. So if you're a nurse at the bedside and you know, you're doing your assessment mm-hmm. the way that you're supposed to, you can assess on cannabis consumption. If the patient's tox screen comes up positive for cannabinoids, ask them what they took, why they took it, what you're using it for. Okay. Right? Like that's just basic assessment question, interview questions. We do that regularly about everything else. You got an STD. Do you have multiple partners? Oh, we real quick to say that, but we don't want to talk about cannabis. Right. That's important too, because, um, for nurses, I, I see them as truly the real, um, you know, prescribers and the doctors. A lot of times the doctors only come in just to kind of validate or sign off on a piece of paper when the nurse has actually, you know, worked and dealt with the patient, have already pretty much prescribed and diagnosed. And they just give a recommendation to the doctor where the doctor is now the licensed professional that can prescribe this drug. Um, but it's already been basically ad- advised to the doctor from the nurse. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's important times. that that nurse mm-hmm. is educated, like you said, to do those type of interview questions and to get a patient through that process. 
So where's your business growing uh, to and what what do you see next for your business? Um, Right now, I'm in the process of building the the coaching Mm -hmm. aspect of it. Um, So it started off as a side hustle and then um, I formalized the training to become like a training program. And now I'm expanding to the coaching aspect of it, Um, trying to build community around it. Uh, I found a lot of nurses that one of the things that they're yearning for is just connection with other people that understand them. Um, We have a unique perspective that most people, I mean, everybody has a unique perspective, but we'll talk about poop and I have a problem. We'll talk about people dying and I have a problem. So to be able to have those free flowing conversations in a way Mm -hmm. where somebody connects with it, it's just generally important. And I feel like that's what these nurses are missing. So that's, one of the goals of my business. For That's the awesome. Season. I'm glad you mentioned community because especially like you said, with, with nurses in the healthcare field, it's, it's still, it's still taboo. Even though a lot of people in the uh, hospital might even be using uh, marijuana for whatever medicinal purposes or even rec, but it's still taboo. And so to mm-hmm. have, to have that community yeah. of nurses, like you said, who can identify with you, and have those conversations and, and be like a safe space. I think that's good to have. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so you got any uh, other magazines you're going to be in soon? Um, oh, yeah. NurseJournal.org. I just did an interview right. for them. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be at a conference on in two weeks is black so my focus is nurses so is the black nurses week conference coming up so the focus is or my title is called making green and cannabis care so i'll be teaching a bunch of nurses who want to be entrepreneurs how to Ooh. make some money in cannabis without actually so, 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 you know, so what are you doing a breakout yeah, session like at, the, at the seminar or what, what is it um no it's a hour-long oh, presentation okay. um <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's a full conference and I think I get an hour and it's some meet and greet and things there. So I'm really excited. Um, generally, I don't really want to go to people's conferences, but this one I actually really want to go. Where's to. that at? Where's that going to be at? <laughs> it, oh, okay. All right. So I'm in Richmond. That's not too far. Are, are you in D.C. or just okay. the conference is in D.C.? The conference is in D.C., okay, so but I'm in Maryland. Okay. Yeah. So the yeah, DMV yeah. is my area. So this is... <laughs> I enjoy it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. I appreciate you um, spending time with me and uh, educating nurses and people in general on the value of of cannabis and, you know, its medicinal purposes and trying to just remove the stigma, uh, especially we, we got to combat, like you said, everything that was given for this whole prohibition of a plant. You know, so we got to educate people. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. I don't think anybody should be hiding behind anybody's preconceived notions. Like if this is what you do, you should be able to talk about it. So I got something that I love to do on every episode. So the name of the show is Success Leaves Clues Podcast. So I like to point out a couple of clues that I noticed um, throughout our conversation that helped you be successful. And I'm quite sure the listeners will probably pick up on some things themselves. But one thing I noticed you, you're really a caring person, and that is who you are at the core. And I think it's helped you not only grow your business, but it helped you in your career You know, as a nurse. You can't just walk into a field like that if you don't genuinely care for people because 
you're taking care of people that you've never seen or met before and you have to love them and take care of them like family. So I noticed that really has helped you. Um, and you talk about your reflection and being able to have uh, self-reflection and assess who you are, where you're at in a mental space and where you're at uh, career-wise and progression. I think that really helped um, as well. And it's going to help you grow your business because you said entrepreneurship is tricky and it's, it's very tough, right? And in entrepreneurship, you're going to go through different phases. You have to be able to assess those phases so you can help yourself make a good decision and continue to grow your business. And the last thing is you're, you wanted to be a teacher, right? It didn't quite work out that way, but guess what you ended up being? I ended up being a teacher. A teacher. So you're educating people <laughs> and um, you're, you're helping them achieve their goals and their dreams. And I don't think there's anything more you can ask for. I mean, that's that's the epitome of success. That was very sweet. And I listened to one of your podcasts before and I didn't think it would make me feel the way that I feel <laughs> like I'm all gushy on the inside. <laughs> You should be. You're doing a you're doing a phenomenal job. And um, sometimes it's hard to acknowledge our own success because you're living it daily. But we see you. We're watching you and yeah. appreciate all you're doing. Thank you. I so I want to remind everybody out there, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Until next time, a Success Leaves Clues podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Be sure to follow Dr. K on Instagram at Dr. K Washington or the podcast page at Success Leaves Clues podcast. We'll see you here next time. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20.